Hello. Welcome to Solomon's Temperament. It's been a while since I've wrapped with you. I miss you, and I'm happy to be here again. Um, why haven't I been on the mic lately? I mean, I don't even know if I have regular listeners. I don't hear back from anyone because I have no friends. But also, um, I'm just not super popular because I don't promote it. Maybe that'll change. I don't know. I don't really care. I'm just here for my community. I'm here for whoever's willing to listen. Um, if you want to diversify just an opinion, I'm not here to give you a bunch of uh, details from all different types of sources necessarily, but just know that I have, I'm a being in the world, so I get to intuitively grasp whatever it is I'm grasping. So I just grasp, and um, life is hard to grasp sometimes because um, we're, we're at play, we are situated in life. We have it much better than a lot of people do. With that being said, I'm sort of trying to divorce myself from the outrage. I'm trying to divorce myself from um, the perspective that we co-inhabit a space of gaps and a space of clarity. And I'm not expecting everyone to be on the same plane at all times. With that being said, I'm going to try to tackle the slide rule of value and the, pow the power to prevent situations that arise that render people powerless, render them uh, in a bad situation. And I wanted to kind of explore the ability to maybe grasp our habitual natures and reconcile value on the slide scale that we exist in, on the controlled slide scale that we exist in. We exist in isolated, separate institutions and cultural spaces, political zones, and through the structure of place and ownership and the ability um, to have things because we've created this uh, culture this material culture that we exist in and it creates avenues of being that um, value and participation go into these things and we'd call these businesses and we'd call these we call this work we call this everydayness people hold spaces that um, that occupy functionality and people go for these values and goods. But um, there was a moral argument kind of about our luxuries, about being decadent, about having power, having value. And it was it's a pretty popular argument. It's by John Rawls. And it goes a little something like this. If it is our own power to prevent something very bad from happening without thereby sacrificing anything of moral significance, then we must morally do it. Two. Hunger, disease, and other sources of suffering, disability, and death are very bad. It's very obvious and intuitive. Three, the luxuries on which we spend money are not of moral significance. Four, by donating to relief agencies like Oxfam, we can prevent hunger, disease, and other sources of suffering, disability, and death. In conclusion, therefore, we must morally donate the money that we spend on luxuries to relief agencies. So built into the first premise, we must do something about this if something very bad is happening. And we are not sac sacrificing something of any moral significance, which by three, the luxuries on which we spend money are not of moral significance, then we must morally do it, but we're not doing it most of the time. People might give a little bit at the end by their taxes, but that's just money that they would have owed otherwise in some other space, arbitrarily, or by rule, or by state, instead of being deferred to something. 
and we all fall prey to this. We are, we're all uh, hanging on to sources. And when something's gone or taken that we really didn't ask for, it's basically like a theft of consent, so we feel worse about it. But where's our consenting to our moral paradigms when we have the power to do things? Like, you know, if there's a guy drowning and you're there watching him drown, but there's something you can do to prevent it, but you don't do it. Like I went over with the whole free will power thing in episode 17, uh, I want to say that was Maurice Ponty. Uh, but at any rate, like if you have the power to do something and something bad's happening, of course you would jump in and save someone, or at least try to do something for them. Otherwise, where is your morality? You know, where where is that response that's built into you that um, recognizes life for life and takes appropriate actions? Where is that compass within you? And so. We have this, but we don't see it. So it's almost like if it's not around and we don't see it, it isn't there. But these sources of suffering are very bad, and that's why we have healthcare, and that's why we generally do things, is because we want to provide a service for somebody because they're in need of something. So that's we have an intention to build and make certain things and provide a service in order for people to have whatever it is they need to have. And so that service is provided, and then you, you, know, you gain money for doing this stuff. And so then when you have extra stuff, people tend to want to dump it towards your own self. You want to dump it to things that you want out of luxury that you don't need that aren't widely available to everyone to the extent that they are, that certain standards of having things is just not widely available to everyone. Now in the marketplace, that's been like a goal. Like, well, if they have it, I got to have it too. I got to, you know, there's this matching. But why can't we match the ability to lend ourselves to give of our money toward something that actually is significant morally and we're not doing that we're doing it on luxuries instead so he says why don't you just divert that back into the suffering problem you know so it's very clear that this argument is trying to hold up ground of like well what would you do if your cousin was drowning would you just sit there or would you see if you see someone like hey we could relief this we can do it we have the power to do it we have the resources to do it so let's take the actions in order to do it as if it's an emergency like well, no, you know, we don't have to, right? By rule, you don't have to, but it's still a part of reality that someone on the street suffering, you know, like needs a home or they need to be loved or like they need to get off drugs or like there's some service available to this, some end. There's people, there's resources. We have extra. We're in a surplus. Whenever we're in a surplus and we're making luxuries, surely we curtail some of that luxury item and we could start putting energy instead into something of moral significance that's better work it isn't just fun or pursuing selfish desire or something so we can donate to relief agencies and for him of course he picked Oxfam I guess it's I don't know one of his or wherever John Rawls is from so it's in this way that uh, morally donating the money that we would spend on luxuries instead to relief agencies seems to hold up pretty square now why isn't this happening well i believe it's like this we don't view problems the same way for other individuals when it has to do with instances of suffering that we don't see or are not directly affected by but if someone's drowning off in the distance and we don't see them and we don't help them well there's nothing within our power to really do anything but if someone's uh, an equally severe situation and yet we can reach out to them over time and do something about it if it's within our power to save their life and do it then we should do it just as if it's immediately present do you see what i mean there it seems to me 
that we do have the power to do that. It's within our grasp. But why aren't we doing it? It's because we're treating it the same way as if the drowning's happening 30 miles from. We can't do anything about it, but we can. And the reason we're not acting is because there's a gap in our awareness, and we don't see that. And we have the free will to do whatever we want with our money, so we also think that since we have the right to do whatever we want with our money, we have the right to spend it on luxuries instead of actually doing it of moral significance. But through this way of mentally perceiving through a moral argument, what is morality to you? What are people allowed to do to you? Even on a baseline level, when someone flicks your ear or smacks you from behind, how do you feel? What is that judgment about? Well, it seems to me that people kind of have this tacit, uh, secret communication with each other that they don't like each other for nefarious reasons that they're not really even espousing to you, but they're there. But everyone has the same awareness that when you disrespect somebody that it's not right. And yet there's these forces existing that kind of enable this kind of activity to go on. And so with this being said, John Rawls' argument it seems to hold up fine. It's kind of more of a testament of what we do with our power, what the priority is, but we're not prioritizing failed people. We haven't logistically accounted for everybody. And when we accumulate and you're on the rich end of things in the green, this type of power and money is entitled. And instead of being significant in a way that goes out to someone else that it's not yours, that you're not in possession of and not directly affecting, but these things can be and it is within our power, but it's not happening. And I keep circling back to this. So basically, um, as a collective, when we are individually blockaded into our avenues of being and we're not connected with um, a greater psychological sense of what's going on, we don't treat everyone else as you would yourself individually. The individual extends outward as individual but yet we see individuality as solely existing within your own bag of sin, bag of skin. Huh, what a Freudian slip, bag of sin. Maybe that's what it is, our own bag of skin. And so then we um, apply our sense of being strictly and literally through the avenue of our own skull at this point. And that's supposed to be us. That's it. But quite clearly it seems to me that um, what we're responsible for is the upkeep of what should be done that when you're hungry you should certainly feed yourself at some point that's something that should be done you wouldn't starve your dog either you wouldn't individually say well if this dog doesn't have the power to take care of itself i'll just let it go at that because i don't want to take care of someone else not my problem we keep severing ties to things because we think that there aren't levels of being that lead into suffering, mainly also through disability. And I think these things interchange. Why would people, if having the ability to do otherwise, not have the ability to do it? And it would lead to suffering. And that's another moral paradigm of how do we attribute responsibility to people when it comes to disability? And I hope this whole rant was just more than sitting at the dinner table or like being at a bar or something. But I think I got a lot from it. And, um, would like to hear back from you in any way possible. You know, you could always write a review and you can email me at joshuasolomon2112 at gmail.com, all lowercase. If there's any deeper insight into this, please let me know. I want to carve out um, a dialectic between rule 
and situation and arbitration, arbitrariness of rule and of credit and of value, and try to make it more relative, uh, more fluid, more spectrum-oriented, uh, to see that in the different spaces you get more for less, acquisition varies greatly, and we could always do more, and we can always do less, and expect different outcomes to wax and wane. And I want to say, say that because our priorities tend to be towards self and towards reasons that we don't even understand, which are just generally based on instant gratification or luxury, that we could subvert it into more pressing matters that make a lot more sense. And it seems to me um, that our appetite for this is has grown kind of shallow just due to the fact that everyone's so mentally collapsed due to the psychological stress of our modern paradigms which have to do with well not only instant gratification but just surface level debate and mind control that seems to be plaguing people and really they don't want to participate in humanity as much because they don't really see it They've, there's like a low key hatred towards the group now and we don't really reach out in that way I'm wondering if we've just for a long time now lost touch with this and why it hasn't gotten better but anyway, you know, we got to just keep trying, I suppose. I suppose I'll see you next time in greater context.